Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody, Joseph. Okay, there we go. I had a little bit of background noise there. Apologize for that. All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson here. Understanding the times in which you live today. Uh, I hope everybody's doing all right. It's uh, 8:30 on the East Coast here from Greensboro, North Carolina. Understanding the times in which you live today. I was I had uh, somebody here who wanted to come on. I think uh, they wanted to pack. If anyone's trying to get on, um, I know I talked to my buddy earlier, and we were trying going to try doing a three-way. You got to press the number one. Uh, on your keypad, whoever's trying to get through. If you're trying to get through, for me to patch you through live on the air, you have to press the number one, and I will see a hand go up on my uh, call screen here. So it has to be number one, even if you're doing a three-way call or somewhat. So I think I'm trying to get uh, one of my buddies here. Okay, there we go. We got one popped up right here. So let me put this caller on through. Um, Winging it. I don't know who this is, so we'll just patch him on through. Go ahead. You're live. You're live, 510. Go ahead. Yes, you're live. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Joe. How are you doing? This is Sandy Meyerecki in Colorado. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> uh, I know. I tried to let Jim know that I was able to be on the call at the last minute, and I don't think he saw my message to tell you. That's okay. That's okay. I'm glad. Oh, wow. I was. I was kind of when I read the text message that he had sent me. And uh, you got a lot to say. Are you able to talk about this, or do you want to talk about it? Because I'm going to give you the floor right now, and I'm going to send a text out to a couple of my buddies here that wanted to hear that story and let them know you're on. So why don't you go ahead? I'm going to give you the floor. Okay. I can't talk a whole lot about it because there's a lot of uh, legal action still going on. Um, But Jim was encouraging me to come on and said that you really wanted to hear the story. Um, I'll delay a little bit while you're sending your text messages and the rest. Um, Yeah. (laughs) There was one thing up front I did want to say, and I'm trying to remember what it was. (laughs) That's okay. uh, Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to stick to just kind of the upper level stuff right now without getting into the details, because I think that's where I could get myself into trouble. And so um, I'll, I'll just stick with, um, like kind of facts, you know, like this is what I can tell you. Gotcha, gotcha. And I got a few people patching through now, and that's great. And while you're telling the story, I'm going to try patching a few other people that did want to hear your story. I understand that you can't go into complete detail. And please, I don't want to get you in trouble at all either. So you just tell about anything that you feel you can, and then I won't ask you any hard questions. How's that? <laughs> well, you can ask the hard questions. I just might have to know. We'll have to see how it goes. Okay. Um is uh, so Jim also said that Susan might be on tonight. Is that true? Yes, I'm sending her right now, actually. Okay. So I'll just kind of la la la, kind of you know. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Make no. Some go, time go ahead. You here. open up. You open up, and uh, I'm gonna try to pat, get a hold of her right now. And uh, you just go ahead and open up. And give a give a little background, or, or talk about how you, we came in contact with each other and your uh, involvement with the Patriot community. How about that? Okay, yeah, I'll, why don't I talk a little bit about my biography. Um, that'll take a couple minutes, and then by that time, go. hopefully everyone that wants to be on can be on. Okay, so <clears throat> I am, um, well, I grew up wanting to be an astronaut, and so that's what kind of pushed me into um, the astrophysics um, career field and also into the military, specifically as a pilot, 
so that I could fly the um, the spaceships. You know, this is what I wanted to do when I was growing up. And so I ended up at uh, University of Illinois in Urbana, got my degree in astrophysics, and then joined uh, Air Force ROTC and was commissioned that way. Uh, went to pilot training, became a pilot, became a test pilot, which was one of the unwritten requirements for um, astronauts, and um, had my shot at it. I actually got the interview with NASA, but some uh, medical issues, because they can be as picky as they want to be with no hospital in space, so um, that didn't work out. But I really liked what I was doing um, in the military, and so I stayed. Unfortunately, um, in 1992, when we were going back it uh, wasn't Desert Storm. It was called Desert Fox, and it was kind of like a, a rehashing of um, uh, Saddam Hussein was crossing back into Kuwait, trying to get some of his equipment back. And so now I'm flying cargo and troops back in. Um, so I was given a vaccine, and I probably, I'm sure I asked, you know, what is that? And they must have said something that said, oh, okay like, you know, a routine one like gamma globulin or something. And um, didn't realize it and didn't actually feel anything super bad. Um, but over time, over many years, and of course, every time I got a flu shot in the winter, um, my health just was deteriorating slowly over time. I barely made it to 20 years, um, had a really good career, but there was just no way health-wise I could stay. So I retired in 2007 and uh, went back to school looking for a desk job, essentially, because I didn't think that flying would be good for my health. And um, ended up at Berkeley. Um, and then I got my uh, master's in particle, actually a master's in physics and then a PhD in particle physics uh, while I was there with the whole idea that I should teach physics somewhere. And um, wouldn't it be great to teach at the Air Force Academy where I could share my my stories about my career and the kids would love to hear it. And, and I wouldn't just throw my career away, which would happen if I went to a leftist school or something like that. So that's what happened. It all lined up just like that. And um, so I ended up getting hired at the main Academy uh, in January of 2016. And then I taught up there in the physics department for a while. It was a temporary position. And I knew that from the beginning but I was there for four and a half years until they lost the position due to manning cuts. And not two weeks later, the position at the preparatory school on base opened up. And so I, then I got selected to teach chemistry and physics there. So that's how I ended up where I am right now. And I've been teaching there at the school for about a year and a half. Uh, just a quick explanation, the preparatory school is um, – so if you can imagine, let's say that there were, you only can allow 1,400 students in at the main academy, um, but 1,401 and 1,402 and 1,403 would make good candidates if they had a little bit better grades. And so there's a, a one-year uh, program at the preparatory school that um, is kind of mostly about community college level, but of course is at the same level at the academy. We just do it a little bit slower perhaps and um, give these kids a chance. So then the following year, as long as they've made their grades and they get their appointments, they're in the, the academy. It just took them a year extra. And so that's basically uh, a short version of my 
a little bit more extensive career than that. Okay, so you have an extensive military background, well-respected, well-honored career, uh, very well-educated uh, woman here. Uh, so what can you tell us now as far as what's been – we know what's going on across the military. People are being told that they have to vaccinate, that they have to receive – you know, they have to prove their vaccination, I and mean, we see it even on, on TV with the football players, and, and, and they're right. doing it with, even in the private sector with people with their jobs, but especially in government jobs and in the military. There are a lot of people that are refusing the uh, vaccine, and what's happening to them, what you know of, for, for, from, uh, I guess you could say, uh, sitting on the sideline, not affecting you, or if you could talk about you, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I am going to like I said, talk factually and more strategically instead of getting into some of the details. Um, I, I get a little passionate when I do that, and that usually gets me in trouble. Um, so I, I knew that something was up when we sent all the students home in March of 2020 when we did our, you know, quote, two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, here it is two years. To flatten the economy. That's what we kind of joke about yeah. here. But um, so <clears throat> I knew COVID was a scam. I don't know how I knew that. Maybe because it's a coronavirus and you know, like cold viruses are coronaviruses. So I kind of went out and got it on purpose, had a couple of fevers. That was pretty much it over a week period. And that was it. I got my immunity. I'm like, super girl. So then um, when I was, um, I changed jobs, you know, not too much after that, and um, came to the prep school. And so I volunteered for the quarantine building when the kids tested positive and had symptoms and all that, and they would put them in this special building. It was nice, you know, it was okay, not in terms of, it wasn't like a tent or something. And um, so I would go over there and I would deliver their assignments. I'd give them their exams. I'd volunteer because I'm like, hey, I'm immune. I don't care. Because there was no, you know, vaccines, no nothing yet at that point. No discussion of even of them. But I knew that it was eventually coming in the 2021. um, Yeah, so 2021 now, actually December of 2020 is when they finally came out. Um, And then uh, during the 2021 year um you could see the writing on the wall even though they kept double speaking right oh no we'll never mandate it okay here comes the mandate it's like oh yeah yeah and so this is what we're hearing in the country and um of course the military being the guinea pigs like whatever i was you know that i got whatever that injection was it wasn't what they said anyway um so yeah yeah not to interrupt you but i remember we going back to the gulf war and uh, a lot of my buddies too. I mean, they 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 they're practically vegetables now. I mean, they were shot up with so much crap, and uh, I mean, a lot of them are walking around. I mean, it's just terrible. More people died from the vac- the shots that they gave than they died in the freaking combat. That's <laughs> they correct. Oh, in Desert Storm. So yeah. and crazy. what's uh, what's even you know worse is <clears throat> the ones that that lived. I guess I don't know if you you know dead or alive. Which one's worse? I don't know, but. The ones that lived, most of us are 100% disabled. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I had to teach myself medicine because doctors are clueless about this stuff. Um, I think they just talk themselves into thinking that, well, it can't be a vaccine injury because all vaccines are, what do they always say? 
safe and effective, you know. And so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they're <laughs> allowed to say anything else. Otherwise, their heads will pop off or something. Anyway, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so now I'm hearing these things, right? And I know as I start to um, peel back the onion, as I'm reading more and more medical journals, like I said, I taught myself how to read these things so I could treat uh, myself and to make myself at least um, – as normal of a human being as possible and not a vegetable, you know? What was the, what so, was the, but up to this point, what was the talk in the academy? I mean, throughout the school, what were the students? I mean, were the students rejecting this or were they just going along with the flow too? Well, up until the beginning of the next school year, so August of 2021, um, it was optional, voluntary, because, of course, it was experimental. And uh-huh. that's the way the law is. It's very clear. And so... Um, and I see you 410. I think this is my other... The, the person I asked to come on, actually, I've sent them a couple of messages on Facebook. I see with your hand up. I'll get you in just like one minute, okay? But go, go ahead there, uh, Sue. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, Standy, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So, so um, <laughs> Yeah. So then, um, you know, then, like I said, the double speak started to continue where... No, we're never going to mandate. Oh, okay, now we're mandating. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, conspiracy theory. What's the difference? I love this joke. What's the difference between a fact and a conspiracy theory about three to six months? Got me. That's pretty much it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, they call it a conspiracy theory up front and then just wait a couple of months and it'll be the fact because uh, we know this. Anyway, um, so I saw the writing on the wall August. So as the kids were arriving and they were kind of pressured, I'll use that word, um, into getting the injection before they arrived, I am going to try very hard not to call it a vaccine because it is not. It does not qualify as one. Federal law is very clear about what one is. FDA regulations are very clear. And this is not. Uh, yeah. If you've ever listened to Dr. David Martin speak, you know that this is actually way worse than that. It probably qualifies as a experimental medical device. And when you read the regulations, it makes sense according to that. Um, so anyways, I'm moving forward with you can't mandate this because it's experimental. And here are all the federal laws that you would violate. And my boss and boss's boss and, you know, a couple levels up said, thank you so much for giving us this information so that we have it in advance. It's like super. Then comes the so-called mandate from the Secretary of Defense in about the 24th, I think, of August of 2021, um, which he has absolutely zero authority to do. There, yeah. you know, as we know, our Constitution says enumeration of powers. The government can do only the things that we say it can do on paper. And the Tenth Amendment even, you know, qualifies that officially. And so where in the regulations or the Constitution or anywhere does it say that the Secretary of Defense can mandate an experimental drug on anybody? And it's nowhere. Right. That's right. So we're kind of stuck in that boat. And so then first they went after the military. Then they went after the civilians in the October time frame. I got my mandate in the November time frame, and my response to that mandate was to give it absolutely zero credibility. And working with the law team, we sent a letter that essentially said, this is what we know is in the regulations and the law. 
we don't think you have the authority to say anything like this to a civilian, let alone, or military, let alone civilian, prove us wrong. No reply, even to this day. Really? So I got another mandate, of course, then, well, okay, so now since you have not accepted the injection, duh, then you have to be tested every week or twice a week or something. I don't even know what it said. And I said, well, what's the reply to the first letter? Because that's the same letter I'm giving you now to the second mandate. Yeah. Show me where you can mandate anything experimental. You can't. So, um, and then there's all the controversy about, well, the FDA approved the Pfizer shot. Well, no, they gave conditional approval to the application for the new injection called Comirnaty, which, according to the manufacturer's own mouth, is not even manufactured yet. So when the mandates come down and they say, quote-unquote, you must take a fully licensed vaccine, there is no such thing. And so by not accepting one of the experimental injections to fulfill that requirement, you are now under disciplinary action, discharge action, kicked out, whatever action. Oh, my God. This is crazy. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I never thought that it was going to get to this point, but they are. Let me bring on 410. 410, let me bring uh, this person on. Go ahead. You're live. I'm sure you've been listening. Go ahead, 410. Area code 410, you're live. They might be oh, unmuted. Yeah, you're unmuted. Oh, probably they had their hand up. 410, are you there? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me reconnect you. I was just muting you back. Hang on. Hang on. There you go. <laughs> 410, go ahead. You, go ahead. You're live. Go ahead. It's, I just walk on and I'm listening to what she's saying. Um. And it blows my mind. Nothing surprises me anymore because, like I said, I'm an AA advocate. I just try to fight for the rights for the disabled, and I try to do what's right. And um, uh, her case, if you go to whistleblower conference, it will blow your mind because there's so many people crying for help and wanting people to help, especially the centers that support the whistleblower conference. And and at the end of the day, it's about money, you know? Oh, yeah. It's about money, and it's about control. And I took 300 pages of notes on how the rich want to stay richer and the poor, and they focus on the poor staying poorer. And I gave it to DOD, and I said, look, if this is sponsored by the senators, congressmen, why don't we have a bunch of them, uh, because I'm of military mind, and when there's an issue and you have people from around the world coming to one location and crying for help, why don't we have people writing notes down and trying to fix the reoccurring issues. We don't we didn't have that. So I knew very quickly that there was a problem. And I also knew from OSHA, you know, because I was trying to and you know my story and I'm not going to go into yeah. it. 
and I'm trying to no, find you touch, a solution. If you, want, if you want, you could just touch, you know, go around the edges, go back into it a little bit for the new people that yeah. are on here. But is okay, it, I mean, because it's people, important because a lot yeah. of veterans have been emailing me and contacting me, and and that's great now that I got yeah. uh, Sandy on here and you together. Yeah. And uh, this is important because the veterans are, the, uh, I mean, they're getting screwed, literally. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah, they're getting screwed. <laughs> they're, they're, you got to remember, okay, so at the end of the day, everything is about money. And I am a retired colonel, and I'm an ambassador for the veterans, especially those that are coming back from war and they were committing suicide. And the VA and the military wanted me and my world-class runners to help them with this Wounded Warrior Games. So the bottom line up front, I, I learned very quickly that the military-industrial complex were using the veterans to – uh, get to get them recognition to include Prince Harry. So when I saw this, I took my company and I was because uh, I tried to get the veteran in the VA and I said, "Look, here is a proposal. Don't do a wounded warrior game. I want you to get the wounded warriors money because when they come from war, they have to deal with this new normal." And when they deal with this new normal, all they want to do is what everybody wants to do. They want to pay their bills. They don't want to go to Wounded Warrior Games and deal with the Olympic Committee. And, and so the bottom line up front, I sat back as an ambassador, a colonel, and I saw what was going on. And it was so political. And not, when I was focusing on them, my husband, Robert, was working for the second largest executive branch in D.C. <laughs> and he was trying to get Wounded Warriors 100%. And we learned very quickly that they fired all the good people and they were replacing the good people with people that were compliant. They don't want people that were, uh, that were smart. They wanted people that would comply with them. Mm-hmm. And I learned very quickly that everything is a rich man's game. That's the bottom line up front. And yeah. I learned very quickly from other ADA clients that they were using, okay, this is so true, and I'm not BSing, they, it, it, dead veterans is better for them because what they were doing, they were they – were, using dead veterans' benefits, and they were taking the benefits, and they were making slush funds for the vet, b- dead veterans. And and I know this because one of my ADA clients, Jeff Blockowitz, when he busted them out, they retaliated against him, and I had to protect him. And and so all this, I, I, I just wanted a solution. I don't want to be part of the problem. I just want to figure out uh, with my military mind, how do you get to the solution? And I learned, and I know that you go and you get subject matter experts, you go and get past presidents, you go and get your, the rules, the regulations, and you, you get a team that will help you. And when I got this team, and by the grace of God, I just knew the joint chair, because I'm the ambassador for the military, the running team, I knew General Honore because I was a quick correction Air Force commander, and I knew General Shadley 
And I said, look, sir, look what the second largest executive branch is doing to our veterans. And 22 soldiers die a day, and it's not getting any better. What can we do? And I had them sit in and listen to uh, mediation. I'm telling you, second largest executive branch, the VA, with their uh, attorneys in Building 810, that's the problem. And, and that's why we're being retaliated against, and they set us up to try to put us in jail because we got this huge, huge uh, legal case against them, and we got over 150 uh, defense. Because every time you violate my right, I know. First of all, I know my right. My husband knows his. He's an ethics attorney. He wrote ethics law. You know, we're all we're we're all disabled veterans, and we have been triggered to no ends. We got silent scars that have been caused by our leaders that gaslight us, and, and, I, and I'm just telling the truth. And, you know, like I said before. So now what they're doing, though, but now what they're doing is now these, these veterans that are being kicked out, suspended, and uh, with Sandy, I don't know, like I said, Sandy, I don't know how far you can go in legally because, like she said, uh, I don't know if you were here on, but she can't talk about some things because there's still litigation going on because she doesn't yeah. want to jeopardize her case. But, yeah. I mean, they're, they're kicking veterans out of the military now and suspending them. Uh, yeah. You know, and what's, what, what's going to be what dishonorable discharge? What is, what's their discharge with status? I don't understand. They're going to dishonorably discharge everyone because they won't get vaccinated? Well, they've been talking about that. Um, in my case, um, okay, so I'll just say the technical terms of what's going on with me, and that is I was on, well, actually I'm on administrative leave now. Relieved of duty would be the best way of saying what happened to me earlier this week. And I was given a, like a, packet of evidence and a cover letter that said um, uh, proposal for suspension. I think those were the exact words. I wanted to make sure that I was using the exact words that they were using. Um, And so all of that is still in progress. Um, That just happens to be where I'm sitting right now. Wow. I mean, okay, so they're going to try to suspend you because you, what, you didn't take the vaccine and and you're yeah. not abiding by the mandate, a mandate which yeah. is not, it is, it's BS. <laughs> and it's we know it. Of yeah, it's a sequence of events. So yeah. I um, do not, so, you know, we all know you, our military oath, you know, support and defend the yeah. Constitution, not that's all enemies born and domestic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. underwritten yeah. in that is thou shalt Why didn't, why didn't when follow... Trump, you know, tell me something, when Trump was in off, I mean, we were serving when Trump was in there. Why didn't Trump, hand, I mean, when Trump was there and this, this so-called vaccine first came out, why wasn't it, I mean, what's going on? What, did Biden reverse everything and now Biden's going after the military? Or, or uh, how, is, how is this playing out? I just don't understand from the top level, the generals on down. Sure. So essentially, um, Trump said, you know, this this will never be a mandate um, because it shouldn't be because you should have your own choice, et cetera. But then that's all been overridden by the uh, new administration. 
Wow. And so um, what's happening is the military is, well, like I was saying, you know, we've got our, our oath and that we don't um, obey any illegal orders. Well, when I'm being told that a mandate is legal, a legal law, which it's not, and I'm being told that I have to do this experimental thing when I know absolutely you do not, um, and that because there is no actual vaccine according to the actual mandate that says um, you have to take a, a fully licensed vaccine and none is available, then they just set everybody up because you gave somebody an order to do something that they can't accomplish. Let me let me bring on 202 real quick. He wants to make a quick comment. He was sending me a message. I'm going to try reaching out to uh, uh, former re- retired uh, General uh, Paul Valet, see if I can get him on here too. Uh, I'm going to send him a message if I can get him on here. So uh, go ahead to 202. Joseph, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, go ahead. Um, glad I could, I'm glad I could put you two ladies together. Uh, Sue? Good to see you here. Hear you here. All right, real real quick, like, um, the mandate, they overrid the mandate for the corporations for now, but right now they're saying any hospitals taking federal funding have to abide by the mandate. Well, let me just remind folks that the federal funding that the hospitals are getting are via the birth certificates. They get paid to, to create these unlawful securities out of our babies. It's just like that. And, you know, fact check me, do your own research. But that's the short and sweet. Um, anyone with a court case, period, start looking at the 1099 OID. Start asking them for the check. Realize it's a voucher. Realize this is a debt and banking transaction going on. Um, that's really all I have to throw in there for right now. I want to let these two ladies engage because uh, Sue's really, really uh, good at what she's doing and bringing uh, – bringing forward the information in, in, involved with the uh, VA, and the word's getting out to a lot of veterans, and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're really ripping us off. You know, I'm like building 810, 110 uh, uh, bar members in there, and they're like, yeah, yeah. So that's really about it. I'm going to mute up and let you guys go at it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Go ahead, uh, Sandy or Sue. Go ahead. You go next. Go ahead. Or both of you, whatever. <laughs> sure. No, I was just going to finish that thought. If I can remember what my thought was, so the uh, mandate, and so, um, so there is no licensed or approved anything, and so if you take anything, it's experimental, which means that you yeah. can't force me to do it. You can't coerce yeah. me. That's the word. Yeah. That's in yeah. the federal regulations, and so, uh, you know, so there's no mandate in my mind. There's no legal basis for it. So therefore. Could I have, I could have, you know, put in for a religious exemption. I could have put in for a medical exemption. I'm fully eligible for both. But then that would give them, I'm giving them the authority that they don't have. And so I refuse. And so that's where I think I'm getting myself in trouble, which is fine. Because then if I can take all the spears for everyone else and we can get this changed the way it's supposed to be and stopped and canceled, then we're saving lives because we already know that these injections are killing thousands and thousands of people. Um, Whistleblowers coming forth, and now the One America Insurance Company stats have come out for third quarter of last year, um, showing a 40%, 40% increase in the number of deaths 
of working age Americans, 18 to 64, in the companies that this insurance company covers. And if it's a 10% increase, a one-fourth of that is considered a one-in-200-year absolute catastrophe in the death records. And because the insurance has to have an accurate um, cause of death, they can see it's not COVID. I mean, it's not 40% more deaths because of COVID. It's a whole mishmash of stuff. But a lot of it is this, this clotting stuff, the heart attacks, the strokes, the clots, the uh, you know, blood clots, embolisms, you name it, that's showing up a lot in these uh, death certificates. And so why all of a sudden, you know, out of a couple hundred years worth of actuarial statistics would this start happening? Well, gee, what changed last year? That would be the injection. And so that's where we're kind of sitting right now is, I think right on the edge of America waking up to where all these deaths are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And the question of it is though, if they're suspending everybody and kicking everybody out, what's going to, I mean, are the, the numbers aren't ain't on our side. So, I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, you're going to lose your pension. You're going to lose your, I mean, what's going to happen? You, uh, they're going to declare you disabled or, and then, and then, I mean, what's going to, what's the end game result? What can, what's the worst case scenario that can happen to you? Well, as of right now, because I'm a civilian working for the federal government, they're trying to take away my civilian job. But because I'm a retiree, <laughs> I have a military pension. So that. They could try to go after later, but that would be a whole other effort because, you know, I'm a, uh, what is it called? I'm a bad veteran because I won't listen to the mandates. And so they yeah. might try to do something like that. I, I would hope not, but uh, if they do, that's going to be a major uprising. Yeah, let me connect to Eric, uh, somebody from Connecticut here, Eric, 203. Go ahead. Yeah, good evening, everybody. I just got on. I hear you're talking about all this vaccine stuff, and I thought I'd throw something in here for you in case you don't know. It's especially for those ones that have already gotten that vax, and for those that haven't gotten it, it's something to think about. If you get the vaccine and you die of COVID and you have life insurance, many insurance companies are not paying off on the premium to your family members because it's suicide, because you're not required to take the vaccine. It was voluntary. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, that's wonderful. So the insurance company, so how, yeah, we didn't think about that, all the people that are passing away from the uh, vaccine or from the COVID virus, and they're, they're not taking it. How do the insurance companies play out in this, or how would that go? That's why I brought that retirement part up. You know, are they going to try going after your pension? And you said that that, that could be in order later on down the road. They go after your military uh, pension, and that that's that would be disgusting. That would be absolutely disgusting for any for the uh, for that for that to be policy in Washington D.C. or for the Pentagon to go after the veterans' uh, uh, benefits that they receive. I mean, how would the Wounded Warrior uh, uh, Project go or the uh, Wounded Warriors phase go? How, I mean, they're already stealing money. We know about that. We heard about that a few weeks ago. I mean, so now the insurance isn't going to pay for this? I mean, have, Sue, have you, have you heard anything about that? <laughs> no. All I know is they're setting themselves up to be sued. I'm telling you. You know, everybody has a right not to take it. And they can't make you do anything, especially with an experimental drug, because that's what it is. And if you look at past 
precedent, that's what they do. I mean, I can tell you so many people that have been connected with the VA and how they um, experiment on veterans, soldiers. Um, it just blows my mind. Nothing surprises me anymore. And um, uh, all I know is somebody's going to get sued. And they got to be but they, really. But you said but on the last show you were retaliating against you and your husband. And how has yeah. that retaliation? How has that been panning out the last few weeks? I mean, uh, can you give some description maybe of how they're retaliating and what uh, Sandy could probably expect herself as being now, <laughs> you know, with her case? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they retaliate by gaslighting, by getting you to uh, trick you to consent into their games and they play all kinds of games you know to the point where they go and get you to go to fake kangaroo court for example with me they use fake peace order fake police report and they say that i was at a particular place when i wasn't and i can prove it i i take record everything and when you go to fake kangaroo court and you show them the truth and you have a judge that says, oh, you're guilty. Well, how can you be guilty because you weren't even there? And you show them the proof, and they ignore the proof. I can, all I can tell you is our justice system is corrupt. And I did a video, and I try to explain, because a lot of people, I've got 5,000 followers, and I've got 46-plus groups, and when I send something out, they come back and they say, hey, and they give me hints and show me, well, that was great, but look at this. But I can tell you at the bottom, at the end of the day, our justice system is corrupt. And it's corrupt by design. And if you don't know the game, you're going to get legal abuse syndrome. Legal abuse syndrome is a crime. What I can tell everyone out there in order to protect yourself because this is the law and it was passed in 1990 title two and title three and people aren't paying attention to this you have to protect yourself always when you go to court protect yourself under title two and title three title two says if you play administrative effery because that's what it's called administrative trickery effery if you play games with me then you don't get immunity because the first thing that they do is they say, oh, I get immunity. No, you don't. Under, uh, and I would say, look up Tennessee versus Lane, Title II under the uh, 1990-88 Act, and also Title Three. It's very important because it says any man-made rule, regulation, any trickery can be changed if, you have legal abuse syndrome, and you're going to get legal abuse syndrome because if you've got a leader in a leadership position, and especially a judge, especially a, uh, an attorney, because they have an oath. My husband's an ethics attorney. They have an oath. When they see uh, fraud, waste, and abuse, they have, they have an oath. They have a code to turn them in. They're not turning them in. So Title II and Title Three protects you. It doesn't give anybody immunity. Title Three says any main man-made rule regulation can be changed so you get equal access into court, equal um, justice. 
And what all these judges, courts aren't doing, they're not paying attention because they have a certain amount of time to try to hammer you, to encourage you to give up your rights. And I say that because um, at the end of the day, we're all playing a game. We're all in this illusion. And what they're trying to do to you, because they don't think anything of you, what they're trying to do is to get you to consent, and they can't get you to consent because that's against the law when you know what right looks like. And they're trying, and they're trying to help you give up your rights. And like I said, I've been fighting. We've been fighting for four years. They can't kick us to the curb because we never consented, and they're frustrated. Um, and that's what I have to say. Always protect yourself under Title Two and Title Three because they're they'll come after you. And they'll and their goal is to get you to give up your rights and to make you um, hire an attorney. And the attorneys are always for the bar; they're not for you. I don't care if you hire them or not, but they're always for or they have allegiance to the crown. Yeah, they're owed to the bar. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, and yeah, and so. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have to say. I mean, I don't know what other advice I could give, but the justice system is designed to hammer the Americans. Has there been any success? Has there been any progress with your husband's case, or what? How they treated your husband, or has there been any further retaliation since the last time we spoke? Uh, no, no, no. They just play us, and and we're playing with them because we know it's a psyop. We, there's no way in God's green earth baby clerks can sign orders. Baby clerks are signing orders, passing law, and we said, uh-uh, we got to go higher than the D.C. courts. we got to go to the DOD, and we have to have the – I am a retired Army officer, and my, my job culminated to being a quicker action Air Force commander. I fought for – the right I, I I train people like like the Fort Bragg Fort Stewart uh, boots on the ground and we 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 retrain these people to fight against treason and what blows my mind is I know what right looks like I know if you got the legislature branch executive branch and if they're all corrupt. You have to go to DOD because they have a right. And it was just by the grace of God that I knew the joint chair because I was a mentor and an ambassador because of my running. And it just so happened that I'm like, look what they're doing. And I Mm. found very quickly, I saw the corruption. And you, you ask, well, what is the progress of my husband's case? You can't get any justice at the district court. You have to go to DOD. It's not DOD, the ICC. But the DOD, I have faith in DOD because I work with them because of my background. And yeah. a lot of people are saying, well, the DOD is bullshit. They, you know, but I'm saying, nah, no, no, no. I, I work with them. I have faith in the Department of Justice. I have faith in Joint Chair. 
I know some. So you think the Department of Justice? So you think that the Justice Department is going to eventually, in the end, weed out the the uh, the theft of the money and 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 do and through its due diligence and hardworking patriots such as yourself that this is going to pay off in the end, or are we just yeah. going down a rabbit hole that's never going to end? No, no, no. no I have faith. Yeah. I have faith in DOD because I've worked with them. And there are some, you know, I've talked to several people. They say, well, they don't even trust the military because they're all in it. They're selling weapons, et cetera. But I've worked with too much. There's, you know, I, my, my boss is General Henry, and I've worked with Katrina. I know about what happened to Katrina. I know what they did to my boss in Katrina. I know huh. a lot of, and I'm just saying, there's more good people than there are bad, and there's more people that honor their oath in the military than not. And I'm tired of a lot of people saying that, you know, the military, um, yeah, we don't even trust them. But I'm just saying, through my experience, yeah, that they're Mr. more Scott, good people than I think Scott bad. wants to get in here. Yeah. Mr. Scott, oh. go ahead. You want oh, to say pardon something? me for a minute. i got a question for everybody. Since we're talking about Crazy 19, how did Crazy 19 get declared in on Turtle Island here in the Great Americas? Anybody? I, anybody want to take that on first? I don't know if you're. You want probably best to show give that to a particular uh, somebody I, instead I, of putting you, it out there. You know. <laughs> Both, both the military minds on the line here, and I'm sure there's other military minds on the line as well listening. Um, how did this emergency get declared? Who who did it? Who declared it? I've got, I've got another caller who wants to jump in here. Three one four. Uh, bring him on. Answer and, that question. Uh, let's. We got to stick to that yeah. question. Yeah. I know um, the answer. Okay. Well, let's bring on three one four. Three one four. Go ahead. You're live. Go ahead. I want somebody to answer the question, too. It's interesting. How are you, Joseph? Hey, how are you, partner? How are you? Long time no talk. How are you? I'm doing fine. So I can fill in a couple of the details. Um, yeah, well, I've I got 314 on here. He wants to jump in here real quick, and then I'll give you the floor, Sue. I mean, uh, oh, I'm uh, sorry. Andy, I'm sorry. What about <laughs> my question? Yeah. <laughs> 314, go ahead. Hey, the floor hey, is yours. Nobody has an answer. It was the state of Ohio. It was wine. This is State Subcorporation Ohio that declared the COVID-19 emergency for everybody, not the feds, not Trump, not Biden, not anybody else, but over there in DeWine country. Okay, and it was the SEC that was the first agency to shut down for this so-called emergency while they're digitizing the blockchain and getting all the decedent estates merged into them. I digress. Go ahead, 314. Uh, all right. All right, 314, go ahead. The floor's yours. Sorry, well, you, I, mean, the, well, Joseph, I was going to make mention about this test they give people where they put this swab up through your nose all the way to your your nasal passage trying to get specimens. But think about this. Virus enter your body three ways at least, maybe more. That's your eye, your nose, and your throat. And all those areas, your body's got a natural defense for. Your eyes, they tear. Your mouth has saliva. What about the nose? The nose have hair, and it's got that other stuff that's called snot, more appropriately called mucus. And when it travels up through the nose, it, it hits the back wall, and gets stuck on that mucus. Can't go no place. Kind of like a mouse that steps on one of those glue pads. It can't go no place. And it died. 
Okay, so when they stick that swab way to hick up in your nose, seem like they're trying to get to your brain, and they pull it out, it has to, that, that cotton swab, it goes through that mucus and pick up dead viruses and everything else. It's put into a bottle, sent off to be examined under the microscope. And when they look through it, they say, wow, here's the dead virus. This person is positive. But is they? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the testing, what the testing is there to prove. I've just the expert on that subject would be Sandy. Uh, Sandy, you want to have at that one real quick? I mean, how they're testing people? Are they infecting people? Are they testing people? You've studied this extensively, uh, like you said in the beginning of the show here. I mean, uh, you want to take a whack at that? Yeah, I can fill in a couple of the details. There's some things that we know, kind of in absolute terms, and there's some things that are kind of still. I'd say in the 90% proven uh, category. But the uh, main way that they're testing for the virus is uh, what's through PCR. And so that's polymerase chain reaction. What that means is that whatever RNA in the virus that they're picking up on the stick, so it's like like DNA, but it's a single strand and it's different for the virus. If they pick up some of that and they stick it in this machine, it changes the RNA into DNA, and then it replicates it over and over like a Xerox machine. And the number of times that you Xerox it is extremely important. If you go above about 20 or so of these Xerox copy cycles, then you're going to start getting into the realm of where, you know, you had just this little Lego bit of a, of a virus. When you multiply it 1,000, 10,000 times, you go, oh, my gosh, look at all this virus. Well, no, dude, that's a broken piece, and you have to have a whole virus. And if you don't have a whole virus with the shell and the little spikes and all that stuff, you are not going to pass that on to anybody. And so just like your caller said, the, um, the thing is picking up all the, the broken pieces. It's like, okay, there's a broken piece of virus. There's a little piece over there or a little piece over there. But even more heinous and even more criminal is that we've never isolated the virus in order to get the, the RNA, in order to map it, and in order to program this PCR machine to know what to look for. Instead, we trusted the Chinese, quote-unquote, to plug this into the computer, and then they said, you know, we don't have all the sequences, so let's just sprinkle a few coronavirus and a few influenza pieces in here, and that's what we'll call the virus. It's a Frankenstein. And so, of yeah. course, you're going to, first of all, test positive for something because it's got influenza and regular coronavirus and then, of course, you know, regular COVID stuff virus. And on top of that, if you go above the 20 or so cycles, and, oh, by the way, they're usually set in the 40-cycle range, which is off the charts, you're going to get like 95% false positives. So the PCR wow. test, which is the way that this all works, means absolutely nothing, except wow. fear porn. Wow. I, I believe that I believe at the end of last month uh, they stopped using the PCR test and they're going to something else. But you're absolutely right, and there are the, the four major manufacturers of this so-called vaccine, and their their replication standards are at a minimum of 24, and some of them are as high as 48. And I've been purporting since the beginning of this time 
that the way they're doing it is if they keep looking, they could find Mars in there if they wanted to. So PCR is totally inaccurate the way they're doing it for testing for this virus. Absolutely. Yeah, another thing just as absurd is these masks. To tell you if you touch the mask, don't touch your face. Well, hell, a virus can get on your face and walk over to your eye and take a, a water slide down into your nasal passage. But here's the other thing. If the virus try to get into the nucleus of the cell, now you're talking about nano properties. And those masks are not designed to stop nano properties. Even that, it can come around the size of your nest. But if you go in the kitchen and you can smell fried chicken being cooked with your mask on, that should tell you something. Yeah. And, but as far I, as I have a better way to demonstrate what you just said with your mask on. They tell you if you wear a mask, you're protected. And anybody out there knows that the, the masks really don't protect you. And an easy way to prove that is if you're traveling down the highway and you happen to stop at a rest area, I don't know about the women's room, but I'll speak about the men's room, but if you go in there with your mask on and you can smell through the mask what they're doing, you know it's not stopping the virus. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, let's not, I don't want to get off into the mask, the mask debacle and debate or whatnot. I'm, it's more or less we're talking about the military and what's happened here also with Sandy. Uh, with, you know, uh, I, like I said, we can't get too much into legalities of what's happened to her. But they're suspending members and leaders and instructors in the military academies and whatnot. And, and they're discharging them from the military. And, when they, and, what they're, and they're now with uh, Sue on the other line here. She, uh, she's uncovering the theft of the veterans. They're taking dead veterans' benefits and taking that money, and uh, it's disappearing. And uh, the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper. But what well, I'm wondering, does, uh, Sue or Sandy, uh, you're, you're in the mix. You're, you're talking to all these leaders, and you're, you're in the know in the military pretty much. Uh, where, where, where is this all connected with this COVID scam out there? I mean, what's the bottom end game for these people? The crimes just can't continue to be happening and eventually not be exposed. Or like you said, uh, Sue, uh, justice is going to prevail in the end, we hope. And that's what we're hoping for. But, and you're fighting for it. But uh, is, there, is there a way to win this? Is, or do you think we're going to win this? Are these people going to be exposed, Sue? <laughs> They Sue, want are you there? They lost her. I think they we lost Sue there. <laughs> she, she I think she got a little excited at that question there in Um But Sandy, how about you? I mean, the academy as as an instructor in the academy. What's the what are these uh, what uh, cadets? What, what are these people in the academy? These students? What are they thinking about? What do they think about all this? I mean, surely you must have uh, you must be talking to. A, some of these people, they must be saying, "What happened to Sue? What's going on? You all right?" You know, I mean, uh, I mean, if you can give us some, maybe some private conversations you're having and whatnot. Right. Well, um, I was pretty much told that I was not allowed to share my views because they were contrary to the going uh, opinion. <laughs> And oh, so, oh uh, really? So your oh, free yeah, thoughts and yeah. free thinking was not welcomed on the uh, on base. Wow. And so um, I had to actually wait until a student would ask. Um, what I found to be very uh, encouraging is that they know what's going on. I didn't have to say a word. 
they asked me tons of questions. It says, ma'am, what do you think about all this? And then, of course, once that happened, then I was, apparently, I could talk about it. Um, So, um, yeah, I got that question a lot. So these kids are smart. They know what's going on. um, But nobody's standing up to this. There's no major revolt, or is the media just blacking it out? Because I get contacted by numerous veterans and military personnel, and and, and, and you you feel like there's like a a revolution going on here, but you just don't hear about it, you know? Yeah, there's absolutely um, the the public is being blocked from knowing this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know of very many people that are in my situation mainly because I don't take any poop from people. And yeah, so yeah. you're no nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not no nonsense girl. You can kind of figure that out. And so <clears throat> when I was faced with this, I pretty much I don't know who's got the background noise. Somebody's yeah, got some background noise, whoever it is, but go ahead go ahead, Sandy, I'm sorry. Me? Right. I don't know I who just, it is. Somebody's got it. But uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go ahead, Sandy. Just keep talking. I'll just weed them out myself. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was just saying that the, the kids are really smart. Um, they know what's going on. They're asking the questions. Um, you know, they don't need me to tell them anything. They're already well aware. Um, so that's probably about in summary. Yeah, well, as the veterans out there should be horrified at what they're doing, and what that, and 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 Sue was on here, and how she's uncovered uh, uh, at the highest level from the Pentagon down uh, and the Justice Department uh, of the thievery and the theft that's going on with the money, and 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 she said she has faith that it that it that the good there's more good than there is evil out there that there's more you know that the good are going to prevail i think that there's more evil than there is good but it's the good that has to stand up and i believe that we have momentum on our side and we have the right being right and being truthful on our side because good will always prevail over evil you know uh, i would hope that i mean that's how history has always played out in you know some way shape or form or another uh, i've got a private caller here let me take this private caller go ahead private caller you know, I haven't spoken to you since last year. Oh, my goodness. Wow, Sarge, my, my favorite retired police officer. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, and military veteran and in active duty in National Guard for 23 years. And listen to what you and your callers are saying. I got to admit, for the longest time in my life, I thought the most noble, the most worthy, the most important institution in the United States was its armed forces. It is something I always looked up to, admired, and was inspired by all of my life, before I ever went into it. I thought it was the greatest organization, maybe one of the greatest in the history of mankind. Now it's positively Soviet. It is, yeah. I mean, at wow. highest levels. And to hear you say that, to hear you say that, then I know we're in trouble. And this man, folks, let me tell you, he just uh, gave you some of his credentials here. Uh, and uh, well, it's also as also a state trooper for Illinois, well, state of Illinois, correct? Uh, you retired from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost every institution in the United States that you count on to maintain this republic has been absolutely corrupted or led by the most horrid cacistocracy in the history of the United States. We have never been governed by a group of people 
more unworthy of the job, more incompetent, more utterly destructive than this present group of politicians at the highest levels of state and federal government ever in the history of this country. And, it, uh, and I'm telling you right now, for the first time in my life since I stopped being a liberal, I'm actually thinking favorably of insurrection. Wow, that's that's uh, that, that's uh, pretty. Uh, I never thought I'd hear you say that. <laughs> I, I've never said anything this bad. This this, I mean, you saw what just came out with Biden's Justice Department and them actively encouraging the National Association of Educators, the Board of Educators, or whatever it is. And they wrote a letter to them asking them to write a letter to the Justice Department so they would have a basis to charge parents with being domestic terrorists and to investigate them, harass them, intimidate them. I have never heard of anything like that in my life in the United States. At least in the past, when they did things like counter-intelpro, they were aiming it at people who at least had a political bent. These are parents who are just upset over the poisonous philosophies being taught to their children in school, and they're being targeted by your federal government. Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, has a family member, his son-in-law, who profits from peddling this poisonous critical race theory ideology in this class in, in the public school systems in Virginia. And rather than recuse himself from it and admit the public conflict, he went full bore into it to try to get these people to shut up about what their children are being taught in school. And this isn't isn't the worst example of what this federal government is doing to our people. It is beyond belief, man. I never thought I'd be seeing anything like this, knowing how bad these Democrats can be, these leftists and these progressives can be, but week by week, they keep getting worse. Well, aren't the conservatives just as much to blame? I mean, look. I mean, look. I mean, they're just as. I mean, they're just as weak-spined as the, as the Democrats. I don't think it's. I think it's beyond a two-party argument right now. I think when you start attacking our military and you're suspending members of our military and well, I mean, and and taking a, and look what, what's happened to Sandy here and what's happened to Sue and her husband. Uh, 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 the corruption that they've unveiled, and then to gaslight them and 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 shun them, and, and and they're suffering retaliation, and they're trying to isolate them, like you say, Sarge. We, when we talk about many issues such as this, uh, they start isolating uh, uh, individuals like this. Look what they've done now to Stuart Rhodes from the Oath Keepers. Uh, he's been arrested. Uh, you know, um, look what's going on. I mean, they're, what, they're, it's an attack on the American people. They're weakening our military. They're, they're draining the, the, the good people out of the military and shunning them and isolating them. And the narrative in the media is that we're the bad people, people like you, me, Sue, Sandy, everybody else that's out there, we're the bad people. And then they try to divide us with the race theory crap. And then on top of it, the, uh, you know, we're, we're losing momentum. We're losing the information war. Because well, I've I, I got to make a confession, Joe. You yeah. know, I, I'm kind of a – I like to think of myself as a big-picture guy. But I, I realize – I'm going to bring it back on. Hang on. Go ahead, Sarge. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I like to think of myself as a big-picture guy, but I, I realize now that I've been missing out on a lot of the big picture. I've been missing the forest for the trees. 
See, all of these things that we complain about, these individual things like critical race theory, like gender-determinant feminism, like uh, rampant Marxism and, uh, uh, and all, all of these hideous progressive transgenderism and sexual identity, this, that, and the other, uh, illegal, unchecked illegal immigration, all of this stuff that we rail about individually, all of these things are means to an end for what? The Great Reset. The World Economic Forum and people like Klaus Schwab, these are the people who are telling you what they have in mind for us. That's why they've got us battling with each other, with each other now, over a virus that was unleashed in red China. In red China, not, not, not that it, you know, they might have had a lab leak or however it got out, but they lied about it. They obfuscated about it. They got the World Health Organization to cover up for them. And despite this, these people somehow have managed to convince us to be at war with each other about it and have our very elected leadership institute punishments on us for it, while at the same time, many of them are in bed with Red China. And all of it, another, for, another tree in the forest, the forest of the Great Reset. The Great Reset is intended to completely transform the way we live, to completely transform the way we're governed, to completely end the idea of national sovereignty has a practical reality. Believe it. That believe it. All of this I agree, stuff Sarge. is here to bring us to this end. Yeah, I'm going to, Sarge, I'm going to bring back on Sue here. Uh, Sarge, yeah, I mean, all the years you've dedicated your entire life to service for this country, retired Army, served in Vietnam, National Guard, what, 26 years, uh, retired state trooper. So if anyone uh, has, deserves a voice here on this platform, it's you. And, uh, but uh, to hear you say how disgusted you are. Uh, let me bring Sue back on. Sue, you got disconnected, 410. Go ahead, Sue. Um, I forgot what I was saying, and I was talking and learning very quickly that I got disconnected. But, oh, I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. Bo- <laughs> yeah, the bottom line up front is um, we're we're playing a game, and we're playing a game with the elite. We're playing with a game with reoccurring uh, issues that's been happening where they're so accustomed to winning. You know, I've talked to, I interviewed so many people because I was trying to figure out why are they not following their own rules? And the, the reason is because they've been accustomed of being protected. And um, um, it just blew my mind because I'm not used to the games that they're playing in D.C. because my mind is wired as an Army officer and we follow the rules and regulations. My husband's ethics attorney, he follows the rules and regulations and when you get out into the real world or the civilian world, it's totally different. And what we learn very quickly is they don't care about the military. And uh, and, and all I can... Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. And people don't realize this. Military, because it's all about money. It's all about the military-industrial complex. It's all about going to war and winning money for the military-industrial complex. And until you get boots on the ground and you start interviewing people, um, you won't realize the game that's being played in America. 
Um, and it blows my mind, and nothing nothing surprised me because I used to, I mean, you would tell me something, and if you were a general, I would just say, okay, well, he knows what right looks like, and I would do it. However, when I got out of the military and I learned very quickly that the second largest executive branch, the VA, was retaliating against my husband while I was going to their Wounded Warrior Games, you know, and uh, which is another trick because what they do is they take still. I'm, I'm going to be very blunt. You know, you ask me a question, I'll tell you the line. They still disability funds, they still veterans benefits, they use disabled people, they use the disabled that's committing suicide, and they have these different projects, and they tell the American people, well, go out there and give us extra tax dollars to ensure that we're taking care of these people, and they're not. I sat there in the Wounded Warrior Games, and I saw my soldiers take 12, 22 pills three times a day. And I'm like, there's no way in God's green earth you can expect them to perform on the in the Wounded Warrior Games. Uh, these, at their are these VA employment. doctors just as much? Are these VA doctors also in, uh, in collusion They're with paid. the higher ups? You think? Oh God! Wow! I can tell you what. When, wow. So I'm sitting up here, and you know, with, with me, I was an ambassador for the military because of my running skills. I was the best when it comes to long distance running, and so they hired me. And well, they hired me, but I didn't charge them. Um, and I trained wounded warriors that were coming back from the uh, war, and they were trying to commit suicide. So I trained them for the Wounded Warrior Games, which is all a dog and pony show, which I learned very quickly. Um, and so I am convincing them and training them to do the best that they can. And I have world-class runners, and I didn't know that they were the D.C. VA was harming my husband, and wow. I and I had to stop on twelve January about a year today, and I'm and my husband called me and he said Sue, you know how embarrassing this is to have you as ADA advocate, and I'm like what, and I said I had a choice on the twelfth of January whether to participate in the Wounded Warrior Games or help my husband, and I went and I helped my husband. And when I tried to help my husband, I learned very quickly that the VA was corrupt. Not only they were corrupt, they were um, – and when I went there, I know the law. When it comes to the ADA Act, my uh, instructor, uh, Professor Briggs, wrote the – helped write the 1990 ADA Act. And when I went in there, and my husband had um, – the he had uh, the ADA nineteen seventy three rehabilitation right, um, and it was filed. I learned very quickly um, that they have supervisors that were gaslighting you, and I'm like, oh really? And I read their face really quickly, and my husband, he's a service disabled veteran, and I knew how to write his ADA. 
it, it's ADA, uh, what is it called, Title uh, Two, Title Title One, and, and so I I read their their facial expression, and I know from my other ADA clients, if you're at the VA, especially in DA, if you're in their facility, they can they can put you in jail for six months because I've worked with other ADA clients. And put you in jail just, for what? For what? Well, Not filling they, out the paperwork they can, properly? They can make up shit. They can make up shit. Wow. So if you don't play. Yeah, yeah. So I'm his ADA client, and he's trying to tell me that in, in, my, in our particular case, my husband was scheduled to work on Saturday and Sunday. It, it was scheduled. And the VA headquarters said, hey, look, we're behind, but guess what? You can't work on Saturday and Sunday because we have scheduled maintenance. So you can, everybody can work on Martin Luther King Day. And when they said that, my husband told his supervisor, he said, hey, look, I, I'm not going to work on Saturday and Sunday, but I'm willing to work on Martin Luther King Day, too, on Monday. And they came back, and they made a huge mistake. They said, no, Robert, no overtime for you, dot, dot, dot. That is discrimination. That is, uh, they violate the 1963, 64 Act. You, you, you can't say this. My husband's the only white person in that section. Everybody else could work but him. And so, and my husband's an ethics, ethics attorney. Well, he was when he was in the military. But when he worked at me, my husband is and how did they view it that you were now 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 that you're 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 uh, of color so you're uh, you're black and he's white so how did yeah. they view that that must have been really they didn't through. know I was huh. black that's the problem oh boy I was always <laughs> they didn't know I was black I always worked with them since 2016 when the discrimination started because they don't you got to remember they don't like people that are competent they want people that are compliant because at the end of the day it's all about the money. They would. They can get more money from dead veterans than not. All right. They can get more money bullshitting you into giving you a bone than giving you a hundred percent. You got to understand what's going on because at the end of the day, it's about the money. And yep. we learned this at the at the uh, at the whistleblower conference. And I didn't know all this because I was I was in Lola Land like everybody else. And I'm focusing on doing good with the Wounded Warriors at the Wounded Warrior game. I had no clue what was going on. And wow. so I had to go down that rabbit. They didn't know I was black. They didn't know my husband was married to a black person because we always talked on the phone. But oh, I, okay. I got you. Yeah. And so when I came down there in 2018, they were shocked. You could see their facial expression. Oh, Robert got a sister. You know, Robert, my husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! Yeah, and so I'm I'm working with them, and I have his ADA. I have his um, um, ADA reasonable accommodation, which says, and my husband's highly intelligent. He can't. He doesn't tolerate nonsense. So when he asks you well, a he's question, an ethics he's an ethics lawyer, so he's very yeah, peculiar he's about wording person. and words and how yeah. phrases yeah. And, and how to put yeah. things together. And I know yeah. My, yeah, exactly. And I know my husband. Reasonable accommodation. I know if you're if he's gonna ask you a question, he highly intelligent. He's very meticulous. He's no nonsense. You either like him or not, because he's very he's just quick. 
And all the generals, like, you know, all the generals admire this, and all his peers says he has encyclopedic knowledge. So you can't bullshit him because he yeah. reads a lot. And you, what you got is a Rudy Poot baby uh, clerk, or you got a Von Sell. They, what they do is they get supervisors that are incompetent. And you got uh, his incompetent supervisor, Von Sell and Angela. And you got to remember, his boss, because his boss that hired him, David, uh, went through the same thing that we went through, and I talked to him. They fired him because they bring in incompetent people that are willing to work and do whatever they say. And so we're dealing with them, and by the time that um, I come down there in 2018, I've been working with him and his recent accommodations since 2016. They had no clue I was black. And when so you weren't there. Two, so you weren't there during the Obama administration, correct? Right. No. 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 Okay. No, no. Okay. Okay. I was yeah. just saying because so that was a whole different level of corruption. There were yeah. Eric Holder and the yeah, it, AG it, and it, all the yeah. other nonsense that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when I come down there in 2018, I have it was I'll never forget it's about this time this year. And I had to, I was either going to uh, the Wounded Warrior Games or not. And he said, Sue, I need you. And it was so hard for him to say that because you don't want, a, you know, you got a man. you got you got to ask your wife to be your ADA advocate. And he said, yeah, I'm yeah. about to. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and he said, he told me the other day, and he was almost in tears. He said, do you know that I would have been fired if you wouldn't have, Come and he said, you know how hard it was for me, a man, to ask you, my wife, to be my ADA advocate and and wow. get me from. And I'm like, hey, babe, I'm there, and I'm glad. I either <laughs> had the opportunity to go to the the Pentagon or help him. I chose to help him. I went there. When I went there, I read facial expressions. Very, uh, I, I was there. I read facial expressions because as a leader. You understand what people say, you know, through what they, uh, their facial expressions. And, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I'm their perception, their, especially them. first, yeah. especially their first perception or, yeah. or glance at you when they see you walk exactly. through the door, like, oh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and when I walk through the door, and I'm, you know, I, I walk through the door and I'm looking at, and people are like, whoa. Robert got a sister. <laughs> yeah, Robert got a sister. And guess what? I'm here to to deal with my man. My man's not going to say anything because Sue, I'm off the chain. When you you can't mess with man, my money, my mom because I will <laughs> I will act like a bulldog. And, and, and so I'm sitting here and I'm reading facial expressions and I'm looking through the crack of the door because. Uh, Angela, who knows we got ADA reason come. First of all, you can't steal ADA funds. What they're doing is they're getting, they're stealing ADA funds for, from the taxpayer. And they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you, when I say steal, when they get these ADA funds, they get contracts money, they get um, electronics, they get so much money from this ADA funds, which is comparable to 1973 Rehabilitation Act. They get all this money, so they the the counselors tell them, you will not ever, you can't deny disability funds because if you, you deny disability funds and they find out that it's wrong, they will dismiss that money because it's all about money. So I know in the back of my mind because I've been trained by the best. I've been trained by uh, Professor 
Briggs from UDC who wrote the 1990 ADAC. So I know my shit. I go in there <laughs> and I'm listening and I'm watching. I'm looking at facial expressions, and they got Baby Von Sell <laughs> who's telling Robert. Uh, and Robert says, my wife is here to speak for me. His reasonable combination is when he gets triggered, Sue speaks for me. I'm his ADA advocate. So I'm his reasonable combination. You can never, ever deny. The only person, this is how strong the ADA Act or it was, 973 Rehabilitation Act, this is how strong it is. The only person that can deny it is the VA secretary. And I know this. And Von Sell doesn't know it. Angela and, and they, they what but, they now, do now, is do they other, now do other veterans know this, or are they not no. told this also? No, no. What I'm saying, what I, there's a lot of people, veterans. There's a lot of doctors that they kick to the curb. They don't know the ADA rights. The ADA rights is the key because you can't ever still take congressionally appropriated funds and deny ADA rights unless you're going broke, and they're never going broke. They have, they have million, they get millions of dollars to retaliate against. You know how much, how much money they pay to make sure that they keep us in their place? Millions of dollars. I got trolls all over the place calling me and trying to convince me. I, you know, they think I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. You know, I mean, well, they're trying to, they're silly. trying to buy you off or yeah. persuade you. Yeah, exactly. I, I got that. Exactly. I, uh, yeah. I got nine seven zero who wants to come on here too, yeah. real quick and comment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Real quick, and and then I yeah. got a friend also. I wish his I wish his wife was here. She was actually one of the. She was at. I think she was the first female state commander for the VFW. I wish I wish I would have contacted him and reached him. Uh, had his wife come on here, it would have been good here for her to listen to this. But because uh, she used to work with a lot of veterans uh, uh, in California, Imperial Beach in California. But nine seven zero, go ahead. You're on. Hey, good evening, Joe, and everyone. Good to good to hear your show, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Sandy and Sue and everybody got to. Uh, Get on and compare notes. Uh, it's a uh, it's a deep rabbit hole we're going down. I really I really enjoyed Sarge and I love his spirit, man. And uh, you know I agree it is time for a change, but we can do it lawfully and legally. We have the foundation that's already there, recognized by two hundred nine nations. And yes, what was meant for to harm us has been intercepted. And uh, we're taking it back down to the throat. We're cleaning the house. And this is an ugly world that we live in. But all of these problems, including a new perception of reality for the American people that choose to accept it, is going to be readily available here in the very near future. And so I don't want to encourage anybody to give up hope because we are at the finish line, Joe. And you know what I mean. And thank you for your years of service, too, my friend. Uh, I'll yield. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jim. But the problem is, is that, yeah, we got, the, we got the, uh, heart, you know, the way out of this. But you know what? How many people have to suffer? And, for instance, like Sandy now, she, she can't, you know, she can only comment so much of what's happening to her. I appreciate her having the courage to come on here on this podcast here and, and touch upon what's happening to her as being an instructor for the Air Force Academy, and now not as being for, being told either you know look you're not take, you're not taking this vaccine or this jab, 
then guess what? You're out of here. You know, basically, that's what they're telling her. And I don't see any favorable resolution happening to her or for her. Uh, So how many more of our veterans, I mean, all the years, how many years, Sandy, did you say 27 years, 22 years, and now they're doing this to you? I mean, Well, I had barely got to 20 years in the military with my health issues, and then I put, uh, I've been six years as a civil servant. I mean, this is insanity. It's terrible. It's a waking up process. We have to wake up, and we wake up from the bottom up, usually. And that's what the Republic's all about. It's a grassroots effort, 12 years in maturity, and 302'd by the FBI, and we're not a terrorist organization because we hold lawful standing in the world realm. And that's what keeps us from having to go into tyranny or having the U.N. and their treaties kick in and have other countries come in and give us a new form of government. But we are there, and it is ugly. And uh, yeah, right, so sorry, we'll go, be... ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't know you. I thought you were done, Jim. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How are you? Uh, Sarge, go ahead. The floor is yours, man. Oh, you, you all said. I want to hear what you had to say, Jim. Are you sure you finished with what you had to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but look, I, I want to add this. I appreciate what Sandy said, exposing this rampant corruption that is antithetical to the welfare of the personnel of the armed forces, her story is one of many, hundreds if not thousands of them, of the maltreatment of personnel of the armed forces uh, in the armed forces today. But uh, there's one little thing I will differ with Sandy with what she says, when she said that these people don't care about the armed forces. Well, that's true to a certain extent. They don't care about the armed forces as an institution tasked with the national security of the United States. They don't care about the armed forces as an as instrument to defeat the legitimately identified enemies of the United States in warfare. Uh, they don't care about as an institution that first and foremost takes care of the welfare of its personnel so that it can accomplish those first two missions. No. What they care about is whether or not it enables them to aggrandize power, to create sinecures, to provide a social petri dish, which can serve as a springboard to a wider social policy with the general population. After what I saw in Afghanistan, and the pullout from Afghanistan, and the disgraceful performance of the highest-ranking generals on the chief of, on the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the Secretary of Defense, after watching what I saw there, which could only be deliberately created, I have had it with these people that, like I never thought I would ever think of seeing before. They don't look out for the welfare of their troops, as Sandy is alluding to, but in Afghanistan it was probably compounded millions of times, to say nothing of all the men who sacrificed limbs and lives uh, in that conflict. And, and, and watching the way it was managed, and then the pitiful, just disgraceful rationalizations for their horrid performances. Man, this armed forces at the highest levels of command has lost all integrity. All integrity. You would think if they had any decency, they would fall on their swords in apology. Well, with that being said, uh, i got to go down the line here. I'll give everybody a couple minutes here to... Wrap up tonight's show. A uh, couple minutes. I know we got a bunch of people here on the line, 
So take your anybody else here want to press the number one who's military background veteran. Uh, 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 you want to speak? I know I got a bunch of people here on the phone. You, you know now is your time to uh, speak and uh, give your uh, story or, or you know give just talk or, or put your name out there because we got some good people on the phone line here tonight that uh, everyone should compare notes and their stories like. Uh, the governor was saying there, and uh, we need to come together and unite. And uh, look, we have the networking capability of doing it and uh, doing it peacefully and lawfully. But uh, let me start off with. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll go up the go up the line here. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Scott, you still on there? You still on the phone here? You got something you want to add here? You've been silent here for a little while. A uh, couple minutes here. You want to talk? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um simple as this, uh, Sarge and Jim, Sue, Sandy, Joe, now that we've narrowed down where, how this emergency, that was the topic it seemed tonight of the, the C-19, the crazy train 19, and you talk, you hear Sue talk about, uh, it's about the money. Well, you got to follow that money. When you follow that money and you see that, wait a minute, where's the printing press? Who's printing the money? Where's the money coming from? Why are we paying interest on it? Um, you know, I would throw in all wars are banker wars. And for Sarge, so he knows that, realize we've been at war with each other over licentiousness, which is licensing, permitting, these permissions. This is the selling back of your God-given rights as privileges. Okay? And that was the Federal Reserve's plan and overtaking our financial system, which would overtake everything, which has got us right where we're at today. And, you know, just to wrap this up, every man, woman, and child ever to be birth registered has created a security, a QCIP number, along with the Social Security. These are all been put into trusts. These people are all getting their hand in what's called the cookie jar, the trust. It's all about the money. It's all about the bonds. All of what you think is going on down at the judicial it's just a banking transaction. It's a debt-debtor relationship. This is where the mortgage fraud came from. These are the mortgage-backed securities. What we see, two and a half million men, women, and even children in prisons are in, in there as mortgage-backed securities. And I would suggest that everyone do their research and start figuring out how we're going to turn the crazy train around. Like Jim's talking about, we can do this peacefully. But, you know, we have a huge association that has a monopoly on violence. They're controlling our police and sheriff, which is shameful. I was raised by, by law enforcement all my life and what they now call first responders. My, my uncle was the first sheriff on the beat in South Florida, in Miami. Um, <laughs> it, it is no joke where, where, we, where, where, where we have ended up. And we've allowed ourselves to end up there because we've allowed insurance which understand that all these bonds, bid bond, performance bond, payment bonds that are being created in the background in all these court cases, that's insurance for insurance for insurance. So I just hope that everyone can take that little bit of information and dig in because you think you, you think the rabbit hole's deep, wait till you hit bottom. And you were and you and it really the fact that they're dismantling the military right now is extremely disturbing. Okay, because they've already infiltrated our police and sheriff at our local community levels. You know, how do we get that back? 
because they all want to wear that corporate hat because that's where all the money's coming from, from the printing press. It ends with what Ron Paul said, that not audit the Fed, you end the Fed. And you'll watch the problems end overnight. Ken O'Keefe said the same thing. You end the Fed and watch how many problems go away overnight. I yield, guys. It was, it's been great. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's, that's, that's a great point. Thank point. you. Thank you very much. Uh, 314, uh, 314, you want to say something here? I'm going to move up the ladder here. Go ahead, 314. Well, I'm going to be real short. Good at evening the stars and everybody else. But the gentleman that made a good point said that they a government, a military is going to come in and give us the government that uh, we need to have to something to the effect that may not be pervading. But I wish he would say that again for give me something to think about. <laughs> okay. All right. Jim, 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 you go ahead. Jim, the floor is yours. Go ahead. And I'll keep moving up the ladder here. I want to let, let two ladies close it out. But go ahead, Jim. Thank you. All the answers are on a big website, and it's um, Republic for the United States of America dot org. And uh, you can go there. You can read our Declaration of Sovereign Intent, which has been copied by 209 nations of the world as their founding document when this New World Order designed reset happens. And so that's published. You can search out Steve Bannon reading that for the Chinese people. It's on YouTube. Um, and that's what we're living through, folks. And so I give you hope and encouragement. But I also give you responsibility for your individual liberties because, as the Constitution says, this is up for by the people, not the military, not the governing political body. A form by the people, and that's you and me. And that means we got to stand up. And obviously, there are leaders on this call, and every state needs leaders under the Northwest Ordinance, which is ratified and codified, part of our Constitution today. That's how the founding fathers gave us the lawful ability to not have insurrection and not have civil war but to do it lawfully and peacefully. And all we want, everybody on this call, is justice for all, liberty and justice for all. And we got to have a lawful standing, a launching pad for this to take place. And this is what Joe and I and thousands and millions of other people have been doing for the last 12 years, very quietly beneath the, the, the covers, especially during Obama's administration. And now it's time for us, the American people, to rally around old glory. That's the Republic flag that is awfully ours because the Jay Treaty, the very first treaty, guaranteed us a republic in perpetuity. And that's common law, not codes and statutes. So if it's anything that's a codes and statutes or admiralty law is no longer in effect, that's like Studebaker, they're gone. Nothing lives in a void. Now we go back to 1776 Constitution up until about 1870 and the 12th Amendment, and we build from there. And we rebuild our society, and that's our responsibilities because we're still here living. Thank you, everyone, for allowing me to speak right, tonight. Thanks. Thank you, Joe.
Thanks. Uh, Connecticut, you still with me? Uh, Connecticut, you, I know I had another caller there from Connecticut. Anything you want to add here about the vaccines or anything real quick? Nah, we'll let it go at that. It's been a good show. Everyone knows what's really going on. It's on this call. I wish we could wake up the rest of the population so that they could understand. But as you very well may know, you just can't talk to those people. But it's been a good show, and I thank all of you. All right, thanks. Uh, uh, Sarge, go ahead. You want to, I know you got a Sorry. lot to say, as always. Everybody wants to hear what you got to say, so go ahead, Sarge. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. I just want to make this be quick. I won't make it very long. All I can say is that, yeah, kudos to almost everything everybody said here tonight. Amen. Uh, ditto, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I'd like to, uh, again, remind folks, uh, don't miss the uh, forest for the trees. It is about the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum laid it all out at that meeting in Davos, Switzerland, with Klaus Schwab as their spokesman. This is what they intend for us. COVID was their opportunity to start bringing it into fruition. It's happening right before our eyes. And one person, and one person alone, has been punished for Afghanistan. A Marine bat commander named Scheller or Schellenberg, the only person to be punished for that debacle. And if that doesn't tell you what's going on, I don't know what could. I don't know what does. Okay, Sarge. Hey, thanks. And again, Sarge, I haven't heard your voice in a while. It's good to hear your voice again. I was wondering, maybe I thought maybe the, you got the jab or something, and they snatched you away on me. So I'm glad to hear your no, voice. No, man, again. I, ain't getting <laughs> that, I ain't getting no more jabs. I, had to, I ain't getting a booster or nothing. I'm just going to take my chances with it, especially since this thing is so mild. Forget these people. They ain't getting me no more. All right, all right. That's a good man, Sarge, right there. Good man, good good patriot right there. Uh, uh, Sue, and then I'll let Sandy wrap it up. She was my first guest here tonight. Sue, I, I invited you also, so thank you for coming, and uh, you're always welcome to come on here, especially when I get a platform filled with veterans. But, Sue, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so off the top of my head, like I said, and I'll never, ever forget, um, I believe in a higher spirit, and some people call them God put us on earth for one reason. That reason is to improve the world. You're never, ever in the, in the position to harm someone. And what these people are doing is they're harming us. And we got to remember that when the legislative branch, executive branch, judicial branch harms us, we have to go to the military and we have to snatch a knot in their ass and make them do their job because they took an oath to protect us. And we have to remember the chart of the forest. A lot of people aren't remembering or taking the chart of the forest in consideration. It is amendment to the Magna Carta. And the chart of the forest says that every man, woman, any living, God-breathing person has the right to live on this God's green earth to, to protect themselves, to live. And when someone else harms them... They don't have that right. And so what we're forgetting is the charter of the forest. We're thinking about the Magna Carta. And also we're, and when we forget about this, we're not remembering what the Title II and Title III says. The Title II says if you have a disability and you will get one if you're going through, through this corrupt justice system by design. You will get a you will get a disability. It's called legal abuse syndrome, and so you have to protect yourself under Title Two and Title Three. 
And Title II says any person, any lawyer, any judge, any clerk, if they violate your rights, they don't get immunity. And people aren't remembering that. And Title III says any man-made rules, regulation, any trick can be changed so those with a disability that's caused by the legal system, legal abuse syndrome, can be changed so you have equal access into the court. And when you understand this, then you will have equal playing fields in the court system, which is corrupt. It's corrupt by design. All these lawyers, all these judges have an oath to not Americans, but to the bar. If you track who they're registered to, they're registered through New York, through London. And so I'm saying this because the justice system justice, justice system is rigged, and people don't realize this. And that's what I have to say. You know, protect yourself under Title II and Title III and look up um, Tennessee versus Lane. Because once you know you're right, hey, they can't screw you over because that's what they're doing. That's all I got to yeah. say. Uh, Stump, Stump versus Sparkman. Uh, should judge, judges have a, uh, absolute immunity or qualified immunity? I think that's a good one that uh, you can lo- uh, look into. Everybody, Stump versus uh, Sparkman. Um, uh, go ahead, uh, Sandy. Go ahead. The floor is yours. You were my first guest on tonight. You sparked the conversation here tonight, and what they're doing to you, uh, uh, Air, uh, Air Force Academy instructor. Uh, refuses to get the jab. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear about you. Uh, hopefully you can get justice. And talking about it tonight, hopefully didn't get you into trouble. But go ahead. I'm going to give you a wrap-up here. Go ahead. Sure. Thanks. Um, the reason why, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. But the number one priority is, of course, to take the arrows for the students. Um, they didn't do anything wrong. They don't know, really, a legal order from an illegal order. And so helping them in any way that I can, including um, standing up and losing my job if I have to in order to fight for them, that's perfectly okay with me. The other thing I wanted to say was to emphasize and agree with what Sarge and Jim said um, with one caveat, and that is it's my fault that we're in what we're in. It's Joe's fault. It's Jim's fault. It's Sarge's fault. It's Susie's fault. It's everybody's fault because we let it happen. Now, there's the boiling of the frog thing here going on where we were the frogs and it was really, really slow heat. But we let this happen. Generations have let this happen. And so I don't want people to kind of go into the blame game and say, oh, well, it's X politicians or why congressmen or you know whatever i want us to turn that finger on ourselves and take the blame because now we like jim said have to turn around and fix it and so as soon as we take the responsibility for us being where we're at because we let these evil people take over then i think we can get some stuff done and that's what i'll stop with well, uh, Sandy, real quick, uh, when are you going to get, I mean, when, how long is this pending here before you get your say or you get your day? Uh, 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 are you having a tribunal? Are you going to court? How is this working? I mean, are you a so decision I'm, pending? 
Yeah, I'm in the middle of it right now. Um, the meeting today was the administrative leave, and then the in. I have two weeks to respond to the proposal for. Um, oh my gosh, I just dropped the word. Um, dismissal is not the right word, but that's as close as I can get. Okay, I understand. Okay, well, we'll all be praying for you, and by all Thank means. Uh, we all should be networking together and working together and staying in contact with each other and working together as, as uh, brothers and sisters in the patriot community uh, with the military background experience within the civilian community, the connections that we have. We need to stick together and work together and doing shows like this. And, Sue, uh, I'm going to uh, advocate. For, uh, I'm going to try to reach out to Glenn Beck and uh, Tucker Carl- Carlson there. I think you should get your story up there on Fox News and uh, – and uh, 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 get this out there. I mean, get this really put out there. And uh, more and more more places you should be speaking about this on alternative media. Maybe get start getting noticed more because the, your story and what you have uncovered really needs to be exposed and attacked. And uh, uh, the whistleblowers, like you said, I mean, uh, so you're a definite hero and patriot when the end game does come. And uh, you know, I know you're. Uh, you know, taking your punches and shots, and they're attacking you and your husband. But uh, I'm behind you, and I know a lot of my listeners are behind you. So, like I said, we got to try to work together here and uh, stop this. Not stop this, and and the good will prevail. So, um, everybody, I want to say thank you so much for uh, tuning in tonight, and God bless you, and God bless our republic. And uh, man, I tell you, it was it was a powerful show. I love having veterans on the on the podcast. And Sarge, it's good to hear your voice again. It really is. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for joining. God bless the Republic. Take care. John. You wrote it big enough? Mm, yes, old King George should be able to see that. <laughs> when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, a decent respect requires that they declare the causes which impel them separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to establish new government. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, do and with the authority of the good people of these colonies, 
solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved of all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. In the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Yeah.